0: Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer and a very happy new year to all of you from everyone at the team at Megabyte. For those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a technology research firm and we track the corporate activity, strategic positioning and financial performance of the UK's leading software, ICT services and digital services companies. The aim of this show each month is that I take a look at all the detailed written research and analysis that we've produced at Megabyte over the preceding month and try and pull out all of the key themes and trends and help you understand what that means for the outlook. December was actually a really busy month despite the fact that it was Christmas month Um, and the team at Megabyte published over 100 individual pieces of news analysis and company research um, based on conversations with some 50 board level executives uh, from the companies that we track at Megabyte. This included major players such as Talent, Iris, Software One, Zealous, Cae, Iomart, OneCom, Wireless Logic, and others. Mid-market players such as Southern Coms, Ultima, Ethereum, Sapphire Systems, IntelliFlow, and Pyram. and also uh, really exciting young emerging players such as GigaClear, Sparta Global, Jola, Zest, Peak Indicators, Namos Solutions, and many more besides. And what we do at Megabyte is we triangulate the, the research analysts at Megabyte, they triangulate uh, the data that they've got around results and transactions with conversations with management team, management teams, and help our subscribers to understand what those deals mean and what those deals mean might for them, whether they're a corporate, a technology company, an investor, or an advisor where are our subscribers from where our subscribers are drawn. If you're not yet a subscriber to our service and you think that kind of research may be of use to you, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please just go to our website megabyte.com and uh, click the request a demo button and our customer team will be very happy to help you out. So here's a quick canter through the uh, the main takeaways from uh, the show this month. In terms of share prices, um, it was a decent end to the, to the to the year. Uh, share prices on average using our megabyte universe index of about 150 UK listed tech stocks were up about 2% uh, for December. But overall for the year, uh, we're up about 12%, but slightly underperformed the wider market as measured by the FTSE 250, which was up 14% for the year. Probably the most interesting dynamic within that is that ICT services companies were up 35% in the year, whereas software companies were only up 5%. And that dynamic dynamic was, was demonstrated in December as well actually a really busy month for deal flow across the piece. Uh, We registered 100 deals on our database, over 100 deals on our database for the first time since June this year. Um, Although that number was down slightly on December 2020, which is just a super busy month for deals across the piece. in terms of the quarter, the December quarter, deal volumes in total were broadly flat at about 300, but they were still up um, nearly 30% for the year um, as we've seen a gradual recovery in volumes, particularly in MA volumes um, as we've gone through 2021. But it definitely has started to flatten off now. Looking specifically at deal flow, deal flow in December, we registered 54 MA deals down slightly on the year, um, nine private equity deals down from 14 to so down quite significantly in private equity. Uh, venture and growth capital, 34 deals uh, as opposed to 31, so up slightly on the year. Capital markets up very slightly at six. For the quarter, M&A volumes continue to grow year on year, uh, 20% up. Capital markets down slightly, but, but nothing to read into that. PE volumes for the uh, quarter were down over a third. And I think what we're seeing with PE quite clearly now is that the, towards the end of last year, And the first few months of 2021, there was a bit of a catch up going on with deal flow. And we've now settled back into a a more normal pattern of private equity activity, I would say. Venture and growth capital deals were up 10% on the quarter. But as regular viewers uh, will know, uh, the value of those deals continues to be up substantially year on year, although that trend is also flattening off as well. Looking at valuations, we continue to see uh, strong but relatively stable valuations across the sector, and I'll talk a bit more in the next session about what that means for uh, for quoted companies. Um, but a couple of, as, we, as we've as we seen a few times in the last few months, a couple of data points that just sort of suggest things are continuing to nudge up slightly. A couple of things I'd highlight, and I'll talk more about these as we go through the show. Sage's acquisition of Bright Pearl was done at 14 times sales, which we think was quite uh, a bit of a new high watermark for that part of the market. Content and Cloud, uh, only an estimate for that deal, but we're pretty certain it was done at about 15 or 16 times run rate EBITDA, including a bunch of acquisitions and so on. So that was a, a pretty punchy multiple for that business. A great result for ECI, by the way. Um, and also, again, it's starting to nudge up that upper end of, of a kind of private equity ICT services valuations, even though that was a, that was a trade deal, actually. Um, In terms of the valuation outlook for 2022, we continue to see these two opposing forces, which at the moment are slightly in stasis, really. Uh, On the one hand, on the positive side, you've got really strong macro drivers uh, in terms of demand, the demand environment for technology across large parts of the sector. Against that is um, increasing uh, rising inflation, concerns about increased interest rates, which um, will potentially impact valuations as people seek lower risk assets. So those two things continue to, I think broadly, they're going to be continue to be in balance in 2022, but we will see. So that's key to highlights from uh, this month's show. And I'll talk in the next section about uh, what has been going on in the capital markets. So turning first to what's been going on in the capital markets. And as I said at the top of the show, it was a okay but not particularly exciting end to the year for uh, tech stocks here in the UK. The megabyte universe of 150 listed UK listed tech stocks was up 2% uh, in December, uh, taking the average current year EV EBITDA multiple up by a similar amount to just over 20 times. Within that, this dynamic of software underperforming ICT services continued. Software stocks were up only 1% on average, taking their multiple to about 20, just under 22, up slightly and ICT services were up much stronger, up 4.4%, with that EV EBITDA multiple now at about 16.5 times. So, you know, really strong valuation performance within the ICT services sector. For context, the FTSE 250 was up 2.5% in December, so the tech sector in the UK broadly performing in line with the wider market, and so too performing in line with the NASDAQ, which was up 2.5%, also in December, with that valuation up a similar amount uh, to 19.7, just under 20 times EV EBITDA. The other index uh, regular listeners will will know that I like to track is the Bessemer Venture Partners, BVP, Nasdaq Cloud Index. That was flat in December um, and has been under quite a bit of pressure in the last few months as these very highly valued stocks have taken quite a knock with some of the worries around Omicron and some of the interest rate fears I've talked about. Inflation fears um, and the valuation there was 18 times sales, so they're very highly valued. 18 times sales down to about 17 times. Bear in mind that's been up in the 20s, so we are seeing some valuation compression at that very high end of the market in the US for the time being at least. In terms of back to the UK, in terms of deal flow uh, on the capital markets, six transactions up from five in December 2020. uh, One IPO, uh, Israeli business actually, but listed in London, so we include it in our stats. A company called Windward, which is a maritime predictive, predictive intelligence software company, raised 34 million at 126 million market cap. And looking more broadly at the uh, the IPO market and what it's done this year, it's very interesting that um, you know as, as you've heard me say over the last months, and I'm sure you've read elsewhere that. You know, 2021 has been one of the most, one of the strongest IPO years in the tech sector and elsewhere, frankly, uh, for as long as, you know, not for as long as we can remember, but for many years. We registered 24 IPOs in the megabyte universe during 2021. And there were many others besides because we don't, in the broader digital space, we don't include in our coverage the likes of the Hutt Group and some of the other very consumer facing digital businesses. uh, so a very strong year for for IPOs. That was up from six. Twenty four was up from six. So up fourfold in the year. Although obviously 2020 had some specific dynamics. But it, it you know it's a very it was a very strong uh, period for IPOs. Um, the outlook is perhaps a little less rosy, and I'll come back to talk about that in a minute. Um, back to the uh, deal activity in December. Follow on public offerings, there were five in uh, in December. Uh, so UK listed companies continuing to use the markets to uh, to, to raise money for, especially for M and A, and that was the case with Idea Gen. They raised over 100 million in a secondary placing, um, almost exactly double, and almost exactly a year after its previous placing to support its very active M&A strategy, which most recently uh, has been looking further afield internationally, including in the U.S. And also in a similar vein, but smaller, Echo uh, raising 13.7 to part fund its acquisition of SynTech. Um, so again, using paper and the three other smaller ones, I won't go into. But so UK listed companies. So there's definitely a market there for these slightly, these reasonably chunky placings to support MA and and other growth activity. What's the IPO outlook for 2022? Well, I, I'm, I don't know that the picture is quite as rosy as it has been, to be honest with you, because for a couple of reasons. From a macro perspective, the higher interest I mean, I think Covid is kind of going away a little bit as a, as a, as a concern for investors for now anyway. Uh, really, this sort of central theme of, of in rising inflation and, and the expectation of rising interest rates is becoming a real drag. And uh, that is definitely impacting the IPO market. I wouldn't say the IPO market's closed right now, but it's definitely only open to very, sort of very, very high quality businesses coming at a sensible multiple. And um, so there's that macro issue, but there's also the tech, the sector to a degree has not done itself any favours in 2021. Yes, there's been lots of very successful um, IPOs in the tech sector, um, particularly some of the traditional tech ones that I've talked about, Microlyze and ActiveOps and, and Darktrace, in, indeed, after a, a bit of a difficult start. But there's also been some, some pretty poor ones in terms of share performance and very high profile ones, Deliveroo, the Hut Group are the obvious ones, but there are a couple of others. So um, that's not helped investor sentiment either. So the IPO outlook is, is, is not amazing, to be honest with you, uh, but I'm sure we'll see a flow of IPOs in 2022. It just doesn't feel like it's going to be quite as strong as it has been in 2021. So that's um, a quick view on what's been happening in the capital markets. And I will look next at what has been happening in private equity. As has been the case, actually, for the last couple of months, uh, private equity volumes were a little bit uh, muted relative to their uh, year-ago period. Uh, We registered nine private equity deals on our database uh, in December, down from 14 in December 2020. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, there's a dynamic here where uh, at the end of 2020 and into 2021, there was a bit of a catch-up, a post-COVID, post-COVID, if you know what I mean, catch-up. Um, on on, um, PE deals, particularly around MBOs, and it settled down in that pattern it was in before, sort of nine or 10 deals, 100, 120 deals per annum, uh, private deals per annum. Usual dynamic uh, in terms of uh, software versus ICT services, six software, three ICT services, so slightly more weighted towards software. Uh, there was, uh, you know, in terms of looking at the the, the breakdown of those deals, one carve-out, four secondary buyouts, two management buyouts, one public-private. So a bit of a spread across all of the, the deal categories within that. And um, most of the interesting action was in software, but a couple of interesting deals. or well, one interesting deal I want to talk about in ICT services as well. Within software, the biggie was... Um, uh, was Minecast. So this is actually a Nasdaq listed company, but it's UK headquartered. So we we track it quite closely. And uh, this is another cyber company uh, that's come off the market for one reason and another. Another big one. Uh, Pamira has done a, or is in the process of doing a public to private uh, at about a five point eight billion dollar valuation, which is about nine times current year EV EV, EV sales. And it's not as if. Mimecast has had a bad time on the market. If you'd invested in the shares at its IPO back in 2015, at the end of 2015, you would have made 12 times your money. So it's had a very successful time on the market, growing very quickly organically, and also it has a few acquisitions. But there is just this trend of, of, well, I suppose Darktrace has gone against that, but there is a broader trend, including the likes of uh, Avast being acquired by Norton LifeLock, McAvee and its public to private earlier last year. Um, There is a slight trend to these companies and Proofpoint also earlier last year, coming off the market. Um, so that's not a done deal yet, but uh, looks like Mimecast is going to go into PE, PE hands. Elsewhere, a more UK-focused TES Global. This is an EdTech business, uh, and it was uh, a secondary buyout by Onyx uh, uh, from Providence Equity. Um, Providence acquired this business in 2018. And uh, for about 318 million, quite a, quite a, uh, uh, it was a carve out, so quite a modest EV EBITDA multiple of eight times. We weren't able to triangulate even an estimated valuation on this transaction because there have been a few divestments from the business um, and a bit of, sort of COVID stuff going on. But it did, it did register 44 million of EBITDA in its previous financial year. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a chunky transaction uh, and another edtech, edtech going on everywhere from venture capital all the way through to large uh, management buyouts or large private equity deals. Interesting one of the fintech space, um, high growth, very very interesting fintech stock called Pyram Systems. This has done a couple of private equity deals now since its uh, original management buyout a few years ago, BoMark acquired uh, acquired the business uh, from Five Arrows, uh, who had originally invested in it at the MBO. And now what's happened is HG Capital have joined the party with BoMark. and uh, what we think is about a 250 million enterprise value, uh, which, you know, is is in that, if we're right, is in that kind of 20 uh, odd times EV EBITDA. So interesting kind of solid, it's not lower mid-market, but mid-market uh, PE deal um, in the software space, HG involved again. Um, and last but definitely not least, Unile, which is an employee experience uh, management software company. Uh, CVC has joined the Shell to register there. We've classified it as PE, which I think it is, but it's, it's a more of a VCP or growth cap deal uh, with a new minority investor. CVC, as I say, is a new minority investor alongside Silversmith and Fairview. Again, we think there was about a £250 million deal around a, a high single-digit high single uh, revenue multiple for that business. So quite a lot going on in the software world within private equity and a couple of other smaller um, MBOs and SBOs that I won't go into the detail, detail of in the software element. With the ICT services, say three deals. One I want to pick out for you. This is Southern Comms. Um, Living Bridge have exited. A couple of interesting things about this deal. First of all, cracking deal for the management of Living Bridge. Um, it's uh, grown fivefold in value with organic growth and, and M&A over the last five years. So hat tip to those guys. Interestingly, that it's a management buyout and it's taking the equity out. The management are using debt from Ares to, uh, to buy out LivingBridge. So it's effectively buying the company back from LivingBridge. We don't see that very often. So that's interesting. We think at about a 350 million enterprise value or about 14 times EBITDA. So really interesting deal and a great outcome for the shareholders of LivingBridge. Um, so that's a quick look at the kind of key deals. What do we think the outlook is? Well, as I said previously, um, you know, we, we are seeing overall quarter on quarter, there was about a 28, uh, sorry, the fourth quarter relative to the previous uh, fourth quarter of 2020. There's a 28% in, uh, drop in private equity deals uh, in the UK tech sector. Uh, again, I don't think that is symptomatic of some malaise. I just think there was a heightened uh, deal flow from the back end of 2020 through the first half of 2021, and we're just seeing that normalise, as I said. And um, uh, the outlook has to be positive for 2022 in terms of deal flow activity, relatively benign on valuations. We've seen a, a stabilising of that um, kind of post-COVID-30 as the new 20 in software. And the kind of mid-teens for high quality, of that's pushing up slightly, as I'll talk about in the next section or the last section, talking about content and cloud. So, um, but deal, deal, you know, valuations are broadly stable. I think it's going to be a, a more normal year for private equity in 2022. And we're going to see continued strong deal flow across all, uh, all types within, within private equity. So that's a look at private equity in December and what the outlook might be for in summary for 2022. Next, I'll look at venture capital. So looking in a bit more detail at what's been going on in the world of venture and growth capital. Uh, um, as I've mentioned, there were 34 deals in December, um, up from 31 in December 2020, and funds raised were up uh, uh, almost doubled, actually, to 1.2 billion. So this is this ongoing trend of an increase in the average deal value. However, that trend is most definitely slowing in terms of the the increase in the average deal value. Um, deal values were up 55% to 3.2 billion. In the quarter ended December, so you definitely saw that trend in the quarter. However, the uh, the average uh, the average was actually down from uh, around forty three million in Q three. This is the average fundraise in venture and growth capital, down to thirty two million in Q four. So we're seeing we're seeing the sort of the end of that, not the end of the trend, but a flattening off in that curve, which is which is probably a good thing because it was looking, as I've said a couple of times, looking distinctly frothy. Um, in terms of deal flow during December fairly, fairly similar kind of shape of deals we've seen in previous months. Three mega deals as defined by 100 million raise and above. Uh, Monzo is the biggie uh, in the fintech space, obviously. Uh, Actually, two Two Series H deals, but combined together, about 450 million sterling at a at a, at a rumored three three and a half billion sterling valuation. Um, and interesting, probably the most interesting fact, fact that was the was the second element of the Series H was like a follow on, which was 75 million pounds, 100 million dollars from Tencent. Uh, which is interesting to see that kind of um, corporate investment into uh, into Monzo. So that's kind of I think an interesting strategic question or strategic thing. Um, You know, the the digital infrastructure, a.k.a. cable, FTTP, fiber to the premise, just continues to suck in money. And December was another month. Um, The big one was digital infrastructure, uh, raising 100 million in growth capital, 100 sterling in growth capital. But there are others I'll talk about in a minute. And the other big deal, which was 100 million actually, slightly under 100 million, but I'll put it in there because I'm a nice guy. Um, Hungry Panda, this is Chinese food delivery uh, here in the UK and internationally, 100 million Series D uh, to continue their rollout uh, in that kind of more consumer facing space, competing with the likes of Deliveroo, etc. So, looking further down the deal, looking further down the deal size range, uh, total as I me- as I should have mentioned before, 29 software deals and five ICT services deals making up that 34 for the month as a whole. So, I'll focus as I normally do in venture capital on software. And as ever, enterprise enterprise software is sucking in, it's not actually anywhere near sucking in the biggest amount of capital, because it tends to be, as is government and healthcare, which I'll talk about in a sec, smaller series A, series B deals, and they tend to get sold to trade before they get to the big rounds. Not always, but usually. Three deals that highlight Signal AI, this is a media tracking software business, raised $38 in a series D, Uh, this is in enterprise. Um, Synthesia video generation, uh, auto-AI video generation for corporates, also 38 million, that's a Series B. Pento in payroll optimization, that kind of HCM space, just really popular in the VC community, uh, 26 million Series B. So, chunky, smaller, if that makes sense, deals in Series B, uh, and and there they're about, Series A, Series B, and and a bunch of smaller Series A's. Pre-Series A in that area, as I said in November, or I said in December, about November, Business and consumer is really, really gathering momentum as a a sort of area of the market. It's quite diverse, but, um, you know, the consumer element of that is is clearly as a result of some of the, uh, notwithstanding what's going on with Omicron, some of the the recovery from COVID. Um, Hungry Panda, I've mentioned in that area. Fresher, which is a, um, used to be called Schedule, uh, which is a salon software company, uh, 40 million Series C. Sorted in retail tech, uh, 30 million Series C. So we're starting to see... Next generation kind of consumer software retail type tech, but sucking in VC investment. Government of healthcare remains active. Four deals in uh, December. Two I'd pick out: uh, Brainomics, this is med- medical imaging and workflow, 16 million Series B, and Atom Learning EdTech, as I mentioned earlier when we were talking about TES and the PE space, still just a massive area of interest for investors, really across the piece. Uh, that, that, uh, th- those guys uh, secured a 10 million Series A. FinTech, as you will probably know, is the biggest uh, consumer of venture capital in this country uh, by a long way. Although I have to say, the cable digital infrastructure is 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 challenging that. Um, actually, overall, quite quiet in FinTech in in December. But that Monzo was a real biggie, as I mentioned earlier. Also, um, a, a raise from PaySend in the payment space. Those are the two big uh, areas of fundraising VC. Late stage fintech, as in neobank and, and equivalent, and payments. That's where most of the capital is, as well as some of the more interesting earlier stage businesses, which we're also seeing. PaySend didn't disclose how much they'd raised, but it was a chunky raise. And then outside of software into ICT services, as I mentioned, Internet infrastructure, Um, Digital infrastructure, uh, 100 million raise, I already mentioned. Tube, also in the fibre space, uh, raising 87.5 million sterling. And Lightspeed Broadband, um, also doing a chunky raise. And 60 million, I think. Both of those interesting from the Sequoia Economic Infrastructure Fund, which is a UK-listed 1.9 billion sterling-listed fund investing um, in in, in these assets, which I think is quite interesting. So, you know, something like... um, you know, 200, 250 million just in December into the UK fiber market. Some very interesting research from my colleague, Philip Castle, on this about the do's and don'ts around that uh, and what the outlook might be as this market gets more and more crowded and who might win and who might not um, on our platform. So if you're a subscriber, I recommend you take a look at that. If you're not a subscriber, you know what to do. Venture capital, I remain, in terms of the outlook, I remain concerned about the uh, some of the valuation dynamics within venture capital, some of the earlier stage uh, software businesses trading at 30 plus times uh, revenue just feels a bit bonkers to me. Um, I kind of get some of the, um, some of the high valuations, some of the later stage where it's a much more proven uh, model. We shall see. Uh, that does seem to be easing, although easing at its, as in the trend is flattening, but still at this higher level. So I still remain have some concerns about that. But it feels overall like a much more settled pattern for VC as it does elsewhere. And I suspect that's broadly what we'll see through 2022. Okay, that's it for venture capital. Uh, I will wrap up the show in the next section, as I always do, looking at mergers and acquisitions. M&A activity in the UK, UK tech sector continued to pace um, in December, albeit down slightly on a very, very, very busy period in December 2020. 54 M&A deals on our database during December, uh, down from 59 in the year ago period. And of those 54, 15 were in ICT services and 39 were in software. So a pretty normal split of about two-thirds software, one-third ICT. But some interesting deals across both sectors, and I'll just take you through some of the sort of key areas um, uh, of both. (laughs) Here again, enterprise really is leading the way uh, with uh, deal volumes and values uh, in software and broadly across the sector. 22 of the deals we registered in the the month of December were in the enterprise uh, peer group, that's over half of the, uh, of the software deals and uh, not far off half, sort of 40% of the total deal value. So, again, enterprise super busy. The biggest deal in the sector was actually, um, feels like it's happened a while ago now because I talked about it last month. This is Blue Prism's acquisition, um, public to private effectively, um, um, acquisition by SSNC for 1.1 billion sterling. And ss SS&C, as you probably know, is a, uh, a sort of banking software behemoth listed in the U.S., um not i think anyone in the megabyte research desk would have picked ssc as the obvious suitor for blue prism vistas uh, bid and then proposed a merger with tibco was uh, sort of i guess a bit more obvious um, but SSNC and c came in a bid, outbid Vista and paid 1.1 billion, as I said. And, um, you know, quite sad to see Blue Prism go off the market. Uh, it was a very exciting prospect a few years ago, but uh, for, for, for various reasons, slightly lost its way as a, as a listed company. Uh, we can debate what, that reason, what those reasons were another time. Either way, disappointing to see that um, off the London market. Um, Elsewhere, smaller deal, but in the private company world, an interesting one from Iris, also an enterprise, ac- acquiring just uh, just this week, uh, Accountants World, uh, that is, uh, we think, for about $62.5 million. not the biggest deal they've done, but in the US, and I think that's the interesting aspect to it, and um, first chunky deal for them in the US, and it'll be interesting to see whether that uh, ends up being something of a bridgehead for them to more deals in the US. Elsewhere in the data, sort of information, uh, business information space, which we classify within um, enterprise. Um, IHS market is going through a con- uh, continues to go through its uh, its divestment program to enable it to uh, to satisfy regulatory uh, requirements to mer- for its merger with S and P. And a big milestone in that was the uh, the sale uh, to News Corp of its uh, chemicals business, chemicals data business for two hundred twenty million. Um, so uh, that will um, that's kind of you know another uh, another very clear milestone in the, in that big mega merger going to happen between. IHS and S&P. Back here in the UK, um, uh, or more focused on the UK, Sage acquiring Bright Pearl. So Bright Pearl is in retail technology. Uh, Sage uh, led a Series C on that business uh, early in 2021, and has now acquired the rest of the business for a total enterprise value of 271 million. And interesting for a number of deals, it was interesting the way they did the deal, very similar to the way that Sage acquired the um, HCM software business fair sale back in 2017 with an initial investment followed by a full purchase. Um, uh, Also interesting that Sage has really not been acquiring in verticals very much at all uh, for the last few years. So it's interesting to see them dip their toe back into that that sort of water, as it were. Um, But probably the most interesting thing from our perspective is that they Sage paid 14 times trailing sales for for Bright Pearl, which is a bit of a high watermark for these kind of deals, we think, and reflects two things. One, uh, Bright Pearl's significant US presence, so probably would have been, uh, Sage probably would have been fighting against US trade buyers or USPE for the deal, um, and also is a very high growth software business, higher growth than we're often seeing in enterprise software consolidation. So those things together created that kind of chunky, chunky multiple. So lots of interesting things around that deal. Turning to ICT services, a couple of very chunky deals, significant deals I wanted to mention. I've mentioned it a couple of times uh, during the show. Content and cloud uh, being acquired by Advania. This is a Goldman Sachs-backed Swedish IT services company for what we think, confidently think, was about 350 million. Um, interesting for a number of reasons. Um, you know, firstly, this is this is we would say this is the first sort of proper exit and very successful exit for a sort of cloud buy and build, although I'll talk about uh, cloud reach in a second. Certainly cloud managed services buy and build and really sort of validates that business model, I think. Content and cloud, as many of you will know, is particularly focused around the Microsoft um, ecosystem. So it also sort of validates and sort of underlines the the attraction of Microsoft, um, the Microsoft kind of ecosystem to acquirers. Uh, So those kind of more broader market uh, uh, dynamics are interesting. The valuation again is probably the most interesting thing. So we think that uh, Advania paid 15 or 16 times run rate EBITDA for uh, for cloud, content and cloud. Now bear in mind, content and cloud in its previous financial year had registered, uh, had reported in its accounts nine million of, of EBITDA um, according to our, well, according to the accounts according to our database. Um, but that has sort of almost doubled. get to this multiple. Obviously, there have been some significant acquisitions, not least of SIPCOM, which was very profitable um, during the year uh, coming up to the the deal. But they've basically achieved 15 or 16 times valuation, which is punchy anyway for an IT services company, Um, uh, an an IT managed, what is essentially an IT managed services company. Um, But they've achieved it on a a kind of run rate multiple, including recent acquisitions and stuff. So it's not a very clean EBITDA number. So all, all credit to them. Um, and uh, we know from talking to people involved in the deal that Advania outbid some pretty punchy bids. So I think in terms of overall kind of valuations, particularly in that IT managed services space, again, this is a little bit of a high watermark, I think. Uh, But many congratulations to the team at Content and Cloud and the team at ECI for a great result. Um, Last deal I want to talk about is also in the cloud space, uh, more in cloud cloud, uh, professional services. This is CloudReach, Uh, We think, again, a 300 million, a bit less confident in that estimate, but we think about a 300 million um, transaction, um, uh, which is acquired by Atos. And, um, you know, Cloudreach uh, has been an interesting story, very high growth, lots of acquisitions in its early days hit a little bit of a kind of bump in the road uh, with some acquisition indigestion, quite a few changes of management, but it seems to have come out the other side and, and the Atos statement suggested that it's returned to pretty strong growth. Um, so interesting to see big corporates uh, acquiring uh, more into, the, uh, into this sort of professional services within cloud, uh, big AWS partner, et cetera. So uh, that is uh, you know, a very interesting deal to wrap up the, the, the look at ICT services. So, so that's it for, for this month, uh, ending up there with a, with a canter through an M&A. In terms of the outlook for M&A, I think that it is, um, it, as elsewhere in the sector, I think we've settled into a pattern. And I think we're going to continue to see very um, uh, active M&A market during 2022. For all the reasons I've talked about before, um, you know, largely driven by PE, but also, um, although the IPO market is a bit soggy, as I've mentioned, still seems to be plenty of money around for existing companies on the market, tech companies to raise extra cash for acquisitions. So that feels like a good dynamic. Um, So just to wrap up this month's show, to talk to you about um, the uh, the, uh, Megabyte CEO Summit, and uh, the, the uh, 2022 Summit kicks off on the 18th and 19th of January with two really interesting scene setter sessions with some great speakers from BGSS, Telefonica Tech, Sage, FT Technologies and, and a few others besides that. Uh, if you were registered for last year's CEO Summit, you will be registered again for this one. And you'll receive a reminder. But if you'd like to register, if you are the CEO or senior director of a company we track or equivalent or a senior investor or an advisor in the sector, it's free to attend. You can go to our website and register from there. So that's it for the first show of 2022. hope you enjoyed that. Thank you very much for listening. See you next month. And until then, stay safe.